Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. Let's listen on and find out. Welcome to episode 40 of The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deves. And this week, my guest is Vix Layton, the self-acclaimed PR princess. Very, very enjoyable conversation. She's probably the newest of the comedians that I've had on as a guest, but she's rising fast and is great fun. I did a gig with her the other week online for Outside the Box, which was really enjoyable and did very well so uh, asked her to come on the podcast and here we are and it is a very enjoyable conversation indeed we just we laughed a lot the entire way through which is what you want really from a conversation i think it's really fun we cover sort of quite a lot we we talk largely about comedy really and you know it's just an enjoyable conversation talk about sort of various things in life Vix tells me about ceylon tea a little bit which i've never had and lapsang souchong also never had that and Glengetty tea, which I had never heard of. So I looked that up and that also looks quite nice. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to, there's so much tea that I've never tried before. Like the conversation with Eureka before, we were talking about bubble tea. She can take me to the bubble tea places. Looking forward to that. And looking forward to trying these other ones as well. If Ceylon is indeed Vix's go-to to, well, I won't spoil it for you. I'll let her tell you. During a podcast, we also talk about how dairy milk support bullying, which they show in their adverts. And we also talk about how Pret encourage psychopathy. Pretamonje, that is. They really support and nurture psychopathy. But hey, thanks for the thanks for the free stuff in the past. It's really nice of you. Vix also absolutely calls me out on something that I said on the last episode because I I, I, I was asking if you want to send me some cash on ko-fi.com forward slash side send me some cash to support the podcast and help me keep it running. Cause it costs money so oh, i was asking for support if you can and uh, she rightly pointed out that i made it sound like the guests i've got are not good enough they absolutely are i love them uh, I, I love every guest that i've had on they've all been absolutely brilliant and i look forward to having more on it was just a reference to the fact that agents want me to pay them money to have their act on but i just, I just want to point out that uh, that is absolutely not the case i i, I love it all, all the guests that i've had on and, and I'm very grateful for their time. Speaking of their time, I mean, Vix, during this conversation, should have left. We're about the, I, I mean, I've, I've edited some of it out so that it just flows this conversation. But about the 30, 35 minute mark, uh, she does let me know that she's got to go in a minute because she she has a, uh, a work meeting. And then uh, after she let me know, we, we carried on talking for about another hour. It was fine. She, she postponed it. And that's just, uh, that's how kind she is. She postponed her actual work meeting because we were having such a nice time talking so lovely i'll see you at the end with links and that sort of thing thanks for listening enjoy hello hi how are you very well yes enjoying the return to normal life yes i mean are you uh, are you in an office no this is my house oh okay <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been allowed back into the office yet. I'm quite excited about it. I'm one of the few people that's had enough of work from home. Yeah, well, I've been uh, working in Screwfix for the past four months. So that has just been, uh, other than the fact that we're all wearing masks uh, and behind screens and that sort of thing, it's all sort of business as normal. So 
I am looking forward to lockdown again. No, I'm not. That's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not true. Yeah. No, very much looking forward to, to real gigs, which is... Uh, a, re- a reality. It feels remote. I'm not going to believe it until one's happened, I yeah. don't think, because I've had a few false starts on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people thought they could get around the rules and you're booked in and then you get the email that, um, oh no, the council's heard about it and actually we're not going to do this gig this week. Oh yeah, well I absolutely did not actually do one the other week and uh, and it, it wasn't awful, so. Completely within the understanding of the rules that you had at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. No, uh, no, following the same rules that I followed to get married which was loosely uh, accepting what it said and uh, reading it as I needed to. <laughs> I think that's a good approach to life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, so obviously both those things uh, were lies. I did do a gig and it was awful, so... Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> Weird to be back or just people have forgotten how to behave? No, well... Uh, forgotten I mean, how to use your arms and legs? It was a little bit... It just felt like a normal gig in that... The audience were just sort of on and off. Like, uh, have you gigged much in Essex? Um, no, I've got my first one in a couple of weeks, actually, with okay. Russell McGrain. Yeah, yeah, Double yeah. Smash. Cool. So, yeah, this gig was. Uh, should wasn't I not for look him. forward to it? No, where, where is it? <laughs> Temple Calf? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a lovely gig. I've done it several times. Um, but for some reason, on this one occasion, so occasionally in Essex, you will find gigs, um, audiences. Some, don't get me wrong, quite often they'll be absolutely lovely, but every now and then uh, they will they'll they'll have the, the sort of the face of, yeah, we like this guy, cool, no <laughs> and then that's it tell your face, tell your yeah, face yeah, you yeah. Like. <laughs> make the sounds that I need yeah, to hear and they just do nothing <laughs> and I had a, there was a woman uh, in the front row who just sat there with a, a face of absolute confusion for the entire set like but i've not been on stage worse than not liking it isn't it yeah that's it yeah like (laughs) in a way but you've got no strong response (laughs) yeah 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 but you can summon no emotion hate me or love me those are your options let's let's not just go down the middle that's dull no one wants that i mean i did king gong on friday so that sounds like a delight compared to my experience of my night yes (laughs) i saw your status and uh sounded horrendous it was, but it's meant to be, which I guess I didn't understand. Yeah. Like you hear about it, but you assume a certain level of respect and politeness from an audience, yeah. even when you've had what you consider to be a bad gig. All bets are oh, yeah. off. They were brutal. They were booing people that lasted for three minutes. Really? Are they only three minute sets? Yeah. On, on <laughs> well, you're lucky if you get through yeah. three minutes. I got one minute 51. And to be honest, basically how it works is people have designated red cards. And if you get, I think, four, then you have to come yeah. off. I was looking for something red on my desk so I could be my own last I red see. card because I had lost the run of myself. <laughs> I was having an out-of-body experience basically because I knew I was still on and I didn't understand why because clearly nobody liked me but no one was taking that final step on my behalf so yeah I think they should offer you a red flag option as well where you can just shut your laptop and go do you know what this isn't for me my ego is too fragile but um as it is I'm gonna do it again because I came off it and I was like right I'll get you next time so I'm gonna do the live one at the comedy store in London which is gonna be even worse well at the I mean um, it, it, it might not be too bad I did it on um Halloween which uh 
obviously it was always, but it wasn't like near Halloween. It was on Halloween, and there was a, a row of guys dressed as Grim Reapers who. <laughs> it's a each, bit on the nose. <laughs> yeah, and they each had uh, like a one of those sort of uh, four pint jugs of beer. And they were just drinking from those, straight from those. Oh, so you know everyone... you're going to have an interesting night when that's yeah. the level there's a, of drunk on the There's room. a little zone at the side where the comedians are sitting. They're all just looking at them going, shit. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, yeah, it was brutal. And yeah. uh, I walked on stage. To be fair to them, I was genuinely terrible. I, that's the worst I've been in, in a long time. So. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I let the nerves of it get to me because I watched the first five acts yeah. live and it die. It is terrifying, though. It's a terrifying gig. But I just, I walked on stage, said, hello. And then someone shouted, you're a c-. <laughs> <laughs> So That was a strong start then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt good. And I was like, oh, well, I haven't started yet. And the, like the first joke got a laugh. And then someone else shouted like something else. And I was like, but you like what I'm doing. What's, what's, yeah, why do you hate me? It and was they just so decided, weird. They just wanted to. They just to. didn't like my they, face. Yeah. They're just a very specific type of person. My friend who won it said she just basically turned her headphones off and delivered the set as though there was no audience Smart. and uh, didn't show fear. So I think it's, they want to break you. So I think they could leave you on, which is how I think I suffered through the last 30 seconds. Yeah, they wanted they to They really you. want to see you lose the run of yourself rather than just gong you <laughs> off with your self-esteem still intact. To be fair, a breakdown is enjoyable. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was quite galvanised by it. And I up until that point, I wouldn't have been able to give you my worst gig I've had some mediocre gigs, yeah. but I've done enough rooms with like five people and a dog to not really that sounds feel too hurt by by a, a non-plus response. But now I've got one. Yeah. I've got a whiz gig. See, one of, one of my favourite so, gigs was, it was the last time I did my first show in Edinburgh. And uh, there were, like the day before, I'd pretty much sold out and it was, it was lovely. And then the last day, there were two people and I was like, let's not do this. And I said to him, like, what do you want to do? And they were like, oh, do the show, we're up for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And they se- and they seemed friendly. And I was like, they seemed nice. And then one of them just said, do you want a beer? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he just went out to the bar, bought me a drink, and I'd like chat to the other guy. And he came back and uh, uh, did the show. And like, I was going to, I said to him, do you want me to just do like, cause while I was in Edinburgh, I wrote like another sort of 25 minutes of material. And I was like, do you want to just hear the new stuff? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I started doing, like, to get into it, started doing the start of the show. And uh, and they re- responded really well. So I was like, oh, well, sod it. Let's just do the whole show. So, and then it was just a really, really lovely gig Aww. to two people. So, yeah. So it is possible. Yeah. A, nice... a lot of the London Open mics are very scantily attended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got, like, two worlds. You've got bringers where the audience are not really necessarily worth anything yeah. because they're there to support one friend and they're a hostage. Yeah. And a lot of them don't really understand what they're doing. Because when you're first... Because I did some bringers when I first got going and people are really excited, but they're excited just to see you. Yeah, of course, yeah. And that's no good for anybody else in the yeah. room. And then you come off and they're so thrilled for you because it's gig two or three. They're like, oh, you're much better than everyone else. <laughs> Shh. Firstly, it's a lie. And secondly, it's rude. So rude, you're being rude. Or the other ones where the promoters are trying their best, but there's a hundred nights on every night. Yeah. And you've got three like students from abroad that don't really know what they're doing. They yeah. just got rounded up from downstairs. Oh, you've, and a you've done hardcore. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what that gig is. <laughs> Um, I've only ever done it in like between the lockdowns. It was quite busy because I think people were 
quite desperate to do anything. Yeah. So both the times I've done it have been surprisingly busy. I was warned. Oh, okay. That, that one. I've done <laughs> but it. Uh, it was actually all right. <laughs> I've, I've done it twice because everyone always told me that you need a story of. Uh, I, I won't say his name because, uh, you know, slander. But um, <laughs> everyone said, "Oh, you need a you need a story," and I was like, oh, "Okay." So I did it the first time, and it was lovely, and I had a really nice gig. I was yeah. like, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> I need to do it again. Uh, and <laughs> the second time, he rounded like four or five people up. There were two guys that went in there and he sort of banded some uh, homophobic abuse at them. They weren't together. They weren't even gay. Uh, but he was he was calling them gay, which was cool, obviously. Oh. And then uh, there were two French girls that came up and then he started being uh, sexist and racist. So... And uh, it was right, not xenophobic. He was being racist. Glorious. Yeah, um, just yeah, what yeah. you want. Uh... And uh, and then he forgot to bring me on, and then he noticed me. <laughs> that uh, so... happened to me. I I was the headliner that night. Yeah. Because he thought he'd done everyone. He was like, "Is anyone left?" And I was like, "Me." And I've sat through thirty other people yeah. for two and a half hours. Same... So I will perform. Same thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly the same thing. And he... I think the first half was ninety minutes without a break. Classic. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, he. Um... <laughs> during his sort of homophobic abuse of the two guys he said uh, uh, I used to be gay until I saw this next guy Cy Deves and I was like okay <laughs> thank you very Hi. much and then like <laughs> but ev- everyone else that was there knew what was going on and they were like that's amazing <laughs> so yeah I've not, I've <laughs> best, not done it since. best material there yeah <laughs> at your expense yeah okay. it's incredible stuff oh I did that I did that an online gig recently I got brought on just before um, the host went on a weird tirade about trans people and whether or not they should be allowed to compete in sport. And it wasn't a joke. He was just thinking aloud by oh his own no. admission. He'd written some notes. Who was and that? And he just wanted to talk about them. I'll, I'll believe well, that. Well, we, we're, na- we're not naming names here, are we? And um, the way it worked <laughs> okay, out... Okay, but what was the Because he hadn't, he hadn't worked out how to spotlight you. So oh. we're on Facebook, like the Brady Bunch, nine of us in the square. And I'm aware that I am very, very passionate about trans rights i've got some brilliant friends who have had a really tough time yeah i did not want to acknowledge this material i did not want to smile at this material so yeah, i course. had to slow blink like that chrissy teigen gif through seven minutes of this and he was like and here she is my good friend vix Layton." i was like we're not good friends and we're gonna get through this together <laughs> oh, no. just just what do you do in that scenario because it was like i spent the whole time going I don't support this. I don't really want to support a night that supports this. Do I just log off the Zoom? Yeah. What's the most unprofessional thing? Do I disagree? Do I get an argument going? I don't really want to derail the night. There are other acts here. Yeah. It was a really tough moment. I just didn't know what to do. So I just like roasted him Did in you? the opening minute. Oh, good. And said that, yeah, because he was talking about wrestling and how he wouldn't want to hit a girl. It's like, well, I'd like you to try me because I think I could take you. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, then just carried on with my set, but yeah. with an aggressive edge to it. Oh, that's say. good. I'd have been very tempted uh, to just start that gig by saying, I mean, it's not the start of a gig, but I just want to point out that doesn't represent my views. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's an awkward the note, but then... Was, yeah, but the worst part was I don't think it represented his views. He was genuinely thinking out loud, but <sighs> have a chat with your friends. Put it in a WhatsApp group. Yeah. If you're not sure if trans women should compete in women's sports do some reading about it yeah don't make it your show <laughs> no like, it's your choice to that's, educate yourself that's a that's a conversation for 2am when you've had one too many beers and you're a bit tired and you're not really thinking straight 
You're like, yeah. have you ever thought about this? And chances are there'll be someone there who's equally drunk but uh, but righteous and will will uh, set them alight. But um, yeah, that's not good, is it? You don't want that. Yeah, that was not my favourite gig, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you said that you've not had uh, many sort of or any particularly bad gigs. Uh, how how long have you been going? Um, two years, but it's a funny two years, isn't it? Because the yeah. first year was in real life. Yeah. And then the second year was in the cracks of lockdown. So I did, I've did. i done like 80 gigs on Zoom, which is nuts. That's um, Because I counted them all just out of pure interest. Yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you get asked that arbitrary question of how many gigs you've done. Yeah. When you're pitching for some nights. So like, how many gigs have I done? But I ran my own gigs during lockdown as well. So I'm around live gigs. I did some garden gigs in my oh, local cool. pub, which is my local venue. And it's Limehouse, actually. So oh, it's probably, if you're Essex-based, probably not hard to, to get down here and do. Yeah. yeah From yeah. the sea to sea line. Ah, lovely. <laughs> well, I mean, I drive everywhere anyway, so. Uh... But, um, yeah, we started when Angel, me and my friend Jez Ashkenazi called Comedy Kiss, which is New Material Night. Oh, and cool. that went really well. So it's been, a, it's been a busy year. And I feel like it's, not a popular opinion because it's been a hard year for everyone but yeah. I think I've probably done better in comedy for this than I would have if I was still schlepping around open mic because yeah. I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere fast and the volume of gigs available and the quality of gigs I've been able to get on because I was zoom proficient yeah yeah that's has a big put help. me on bills that otherwise would probably wouldn't have given me the time of day so yeah. it's been an interesting formative year for me but I did 100 gigs in my first year yeah. so I got into an argument with a promoter over when you could call yourself a comedian <laughs> and um, their view was you have to do at least 100 gigs so I was like okay then I'll do that will I and can I, um, I, can I ask what promoter that was gig. yeah did my 100th gig the week before lockdown so oh that's cool nice <laughs> I did my 100th gig in Edinburgh six years ago something like that seven years ago I don't know yeah six years ago um, that was yeah, that Just was lovely. Purely fired up by Petty, really inspired me to great things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it's such it was, a weird, yeah. arbitrary thing because people will say like, "Oh, you need to have done X amount of gigs," or like, "There's various gigs where they're like, oh, you can't, you can't do this gig until you've done 300 gigs," and you're like, "Yeah, but I'm already doing pro gigs and I'm yeah. smashing those." And what? I've seen people who've done 300 gigs who are still shit. That's it. Well, like, that's It's so arbitrary. Cause yeah. You see people who've been on the circuit for 10 years and they're just happy doing the set that they wrote Absolutely. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. But why do they get better opportunities than someone who is writing constantly, testing things, yeah, putting exactly. on their own well, stuff? It, it, the answer it to that unfair. is, uh, in the world of London, that's the only place where that counts. Outside of London, no one cares. They're like, are you good? Cool, come and do the gig, which is lovely. But, I mean, I lost I lost count. I stopped, well, I didn't lose count. I stopped count. I did lose count because I was, I was sort of counting and then um, I started using my diary on my phone rather than in my uh, like my physical one because I couldn't be bothered to carry it I've around got a big, I've got a big calendar yeah. that I write them on because at the moment it's satisfying yeah, yeah, to yeah, have yeah. things Absolutely. to write on there. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I got... Things to look forward to. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I wrote a gig in my diary yesterday that um, that is this month, like later this month. So uh, it's it's got to be one of the first ones back. Uh, so I'm, where is it? Uh, it's just comedy cabin. Like. Um, oh, cool! I really love that gig. It's a lovely little gig, but you know, Pete Wells is great yeah, as well. Like it's such a lovely room. I did yeah. the online one. Oh, okay. Um, 
a few weeks ago and they were lush they were just such a nice audience yeah that's cool yeah i was supposed to do an online one the other week but i had to do something else i think i i think i was going out i don't know i can't remember not going out going out (laughs) what i think i think i was looking out the window that day (laughs) um yeah i don't know i think maybe i had to work or something but um yeah, but it's a shame. But I'm doing the doing the real one when I get back, which is uh, lovely. So I'm very excited. But just to write that, and that showed up on my website on the uh, on the diary, and I was just like, "Yeah, come on!" And I've got uh, I've got some nice ones, uh, some proper clubs in sort of. Not to say that's not a proper club. I mean, like you know, uh, yeah. s- several hundred seaters in uh, <laughs> in a few months, which is it's just yeah, it's good to good to start getting stuff back again. I'm doing but, Backyard Comedy on the 27th of May and I'm so excited about it because yeah. that was my home venue when I lived in Bethnal Green. Oh, I was it? in there all the time. So yeah, well, that's, that's uh, one of those gigs that you tick off and go, yes, that's the stage I wanted to be on. Absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of, one of the ones that I've got in uh, in July, uh, which is cool. Right around my birthday time. So that's nice. Um, I'm 24th of July. Oh, lovely. I'm uh, 28th. Show off Leo's. Yeah, there's a shocker. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Have you played backyard before? No, this time. Oh, okay. Very yeah. excited about it. It's it's a nice gig. What are you doing a Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, that is. It's one of those gigs where as long as you're confident when you go up, like you're all good. Shiny week. I've loaded like... the deck a bit. Everybody's really excited because it's a real venue that they recognise. So loads of my mates have bought tables. Yeah. Oh, really. So... It's gonna be nice for me anyway. Yeah, <laughs> make them sit. It's a lovely gig. It is a lovely gig. Yeah, uh, I have... and Rich Wilson and Callie Beatner on as well. Oh, so amazing! I love both of them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had Rich on this, and he uh, at one time lived down the road from me, but because he's relocated to London for work, I think. Yeah, so West Ham. Yeah. So he's still like he's South End adjacent. Yeah, um. sure. Yeah, it's like forty minutes drive. Sorry, my cat's trying to eat my foot. That's all right. My cats have rediscovered a toy they haven't played with in about a year that makes a rattly noise because oh. that's what cats are like. Yeah. So I, knew I was going to go and confiscate the ball, but I think I don't think you can pick it up. So. No. Uh, yeah, I, I love uh, Callie as well. She started around a similar time to me, uh, but has just skyrocketed. She's done very well. And, uh, yeah, I've not seen her in real life. I've only seen online gigs with her. Oh, really? so I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. As an audience member, I'm excited about this lineup. <laughs> Just nice to be on it as well. Yeah. But I've got a couple of gigs before that because that couldn't be my first one back. No, no, no. <laughs> it's felt too high stakes. Yeah. But, well, um, uh, yeah. yeah. T- Temple Calf is a lovely gig for getting getting back to it. Normally, they're absolutely lovely. So, yeah, you're gonna okay. have a, you're gonna have a nice time. It'll be fine. And then yeah. I'm doing Sean James's gig on the Monday in oh, New cool. Cross. So, uh, happy Mondays. And, yeah. yeah. And nice. then Backyard. So it's going to be a big week. Big yeah. week for live comedy. I'm doing my own new material gig tomorrow at the Cav just to make sure I know what to do with my arms and legs when the time comes because <laughs> yeah. I've completely lost any consciousness of my body below my neck and shoulders. I did one a couple of weeks ago at the Cav as well. And I just forgot about mics and mic stands and it was just just standing there like a totem pole of my out of yeah. practice well, you left it, all left the way through stage, yeah oh yeah this one back since like december and yeah apparently i've lost all all my skills <laughs> it but happens good to find that out on my own show yeah yeah i'm only fucking up my own um reputation so <laughs> Not to be uh honest. did you do because that that was uh in venue with comedians and 
Yeah. Uh, was it like a Zoom audience? Yeah, it worked all right, actually. So we did the first one three weeks ago and we're doing another one tomorrow. And I think we'll try and keep it going, but with hybrid, so with audience, but also live streams. Oh, cool. A lot of the people that come to the gigs are outside of London. Right. So yeah. my dad's finding a new love of comedy. He comes to all my stuff. He texts me now and says, are you going to do any new stuff? So I get trolled by my dad before <laughs> gigs. But that's not how it works, Dad. <laughs> I don't expect to come to all 12 of the gigs over the month. <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. Yeah. But yeah, the Cav setup's incredible. They've invested so much money in it. Have they? It's like being in a TV studio. They've got like four different camera angles. One I hate, so I have to tell him tomorrow to switch that one off for me. Yeah. Um, it, it adds no value to my experience. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's cool. I I haven't been to the Cav in years because uh, the they primarily a bringer, aren't they? Uh, yeah, but they're branching out a bit now because I think they've just got such a lovely venue and they've cracked the online that I think there's yeah. loads of opportunity for them. Oh, and they cool. just love comedy, Sean and Dave. Like yeah. they, they do it because they love it, and it's nice to be around people like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not. It's a lovely gig. It's a really, really lovely gig. I, I had. I mean, it was. Um, very important to my formative years because when you're you know London adjacent like the London gigs are the only ones you can get to and like you say most of those uh, have no audience so yeah you're sort of stuck in a situation where you, where you have to go like you have to try out new material and because it's London you have to do like 150 plus gigs to get on uh, sort of various stages which is madness so you've got to go around it's it's a weird situation. You, you're forced to do gigs that you absolutely hate in order to do gigs that you hate slightly less. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Andrew O'Neill's Troy Club was always lovely. Oh, like, that yeah. was a lovely gig. I've, that was aspirational because uh... he ran, uh, they, sorry, because they're non-binary, oh. they ran an uh, open mic in the Unicorn in Camden that you could just rock up and go on. Oh, cool. And they, there was always an audience in for it. So that was a lovely gig. Yeah. It was dead leg comedy. But they relocated out to Milton Keynes, so oh, okay. it was suspended, which is a shame because that was my favourite too. And it was a real stage as well. Yeah, it's a grungy little rock venue, but oh, nice. that was one of my early gigs where I got to be on an actual real stage and feel like I was doing a real thing rather yeah, than being yeah, yeah. in the corner of a pub. <laughs> oh, lovely! Yeah, I've not done his gig yet. Uh, sorry, their gig. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm going I'm to edit that so that I didn't make a faux pas. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. I think by their own admission, they are used, they're okay with people yeah, stumbling. Yeah, I've got... Um, which is a really nice attitude to have. Yeah, I've got a, a few non-binary friends. And if you slip up, generally, they're like, you did that wrong. Oh, sorry. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just genuinely lovely gigs. The vibe is always really nice. Yeah. So. Cool. I'll have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Reach I've gone out. as a patron to a couple of them. That's how much. Oh, really? And you know, when when you get into comedy, that it becomes a bit busman's holiday yeah, to go yeah, to everyone yeah. else's gigs. And I always feel so guilty. I see the little Facebook invites coming up, and it's like, if I'm not on it, I'm not coming. Yeah. Like, that's the real talk. <laughs> I'm doing four a week where I am on. That is not how I'm spending my night off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's sort of the good thing about going to uh, Edinburgh is like you're you're in it, so you just sort of go to other shows. But then I'm gutted that I didn't get to do it. I was due to do it last year, oh, and okay. um, obviously it did not happen. No, so, which is probably for the best because looking back, what I thought was 45 minutes is 20 at best. Absolutely, now. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was, um... so, but I don't know how to not know that. Whereas I was yeah. so excited and so confident and just ready to just go and do it. And the longer 
time passes the more I want it to be actually good so yeah. I would like to recapture some of that naivety but I'm not sure I'll be able to I, I think it's <laughs> uh, I think it's Andrew Ryan said to me when you think you're ready for Edinburgh uh, wait another year and then when that year passes uh, wait another year and then go <laughs> and I was like oh okay that's that's not bad advice actually <laughs> Yeah, very uplifting. Yeah. Whereas Katie Brand said, just do it. Because I remember I spoke to loads of comedians about it. Because I, I made friends with Katie Brand quite in that weird way that you can only do on Twitter. Yeah. So she was writing a book about dirty dancing. And I was or... interested in contributing to it. And so I did. Nice. And um, we just got chatting. And then I met her at a Funny Women event when I just started in comedy. And we just stayed in touch. And she has been brilliant she's been oh, so supportive cool. but she took me for coffee just before the world closed down because i got my edinburgh venue and i wasn't sure because there were such polar views yeah so like katie said absolutely just go for it run with it other comedians were like no split a bill with other people don't just don't do your own thing it will break you and i didn't know which one to believe obviously i took the positive one yeah. i was like yes I, I like Katie Brand. I respect her. I love her comedy. She told me to do it. I'm going to do it. And it's on here if it goes terribly. What uh, what <laughs> venue did you have? Um, it was the Attic at the Mash House. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. At like three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, so that's I just perfect. Thought I could, yeah, I thought I could fly all the other layers. Like my day job is PR. So I yeah. had all these PR ideas as well. Like I worked, I was working with a stadium Wi-Fi company wow. to put Wi-Fi in my venue. And the only way you could get access to it, and it would have done the whole street, the only way you could get access to it would be to come to my show and get the password. Uh, That's incredible. So... <laughs> and I would change it every day. So even if people didn't come to my show, they'd know about it. Yeah. It was the only network that worked in that little conurbation of dead air bloody so hell that's... i mean that is that's that's pr working for you all day long good grief good yeah because my show's about pettiness and what's more petty than having the best that's wi-fi incredible. in edinburgh and not sharing it yeah like, what is more petty than that <laughs> that's great so yeah i was really excited about it but um there'll be other opportunities <laughs> yeah oh absolutely it'll come back i should think probably we'll see no, it will so come I'm doing back. It will come Brighton back in... and Camden Fringe with it instead. Nice, and... a very rough version. Yeah, but... but that's right. I mean, the first time I did forty minutes, it was like forty-ish minutes, and I didn't know how long I was doing. But it was um, it's one of Russ McGrain's gigs at uh at the Alex, and when they come back, I fully recommend going to do those because that is a beautiful gig that has been instrumental in my development. Uh, over the years but it helps it's uh, sort of five ten minutes down the road for me but nevertheless a lovely gig always get a really nice audience and uh, it's just a it's a great place for me to go and like I, I write I'm quite prolific in writing so I'll go and try new stuff all the time and uh, Ross, Ross always my has first, me on. all my all my hundred gigs I did something new every night because I was so aware that I wanted a show at the end of it right. so I was just looking for all these petty strands I kind of weave together so I never did the same five minutes and then we got into lockdown and people who had done the same five minutes were really slick and cool <laughs> and they had a nailed start and a nailed finish and I just had whatever roller coaster yeah. rough cuts that I'd been working with it's and I was so jealous of the people that had just stoically done that five and said it was good but I think I've landed somewhere in the middle now yeah <laughs> no well it's it's interesting I think because I I did the same five minutes for a little while then I started changing it up like after a few months um and then I 
I tried to do it 10 and that did not work. And then I sort of, I went back to fives for a bit and then went back to tens and I just sort of kept throwing new stuff out there. And eventually like, cause you just, you'd, you'd have your set and then you'd replace bits in it with like better bits and better yeah. bits and then try and get other bits. But then as you get better, you can rewrite the old bits and make those better. So it's, yeah, it's uh it is interesting, but I, think i i quite like your approach obviously it's good to sort of keep stuff keep the same stuff in for a little while and work on that until it's good but also just to sort of keep trying stuff you learn to talk <laughs> that's the thing a lot of the people yeah. who do the same five minutes are so stuck in their set and their script that that's all they do uh, and they don't learn to just talk to the audience which is uh, very important i think and I think because of that, I can handle silence because yeah. some of it didn't work and I just didn't care. I was just like, cool, that didn't work, mentally took it off. I think I had this luxury that not a lot of people had, though, in that I was phobic of public speaking, which is how I started right. comedy. So for the first six months, I was so giddy that I was doing it. It did not matter how it went. Just the joy of being up there and not having a psychosomatic response and yeah. being sick on myself. That's all <laughs> I cared about. And I was thrilled with myself. So happened? it didn't matter how the set went. Um, I've made myself the, like in anticipation of speaking gigs before I, I have made myself sick. Like the last one that I did before I stopped trying to do public speaking and conference speaking, I was so nervous about doing it that I was convinced I had the norovirus because oh. I couldn't stop being sick. And as soon as I emailed to say I couldn't make it cause I, you know, was banged to write. Yeah. I couldn't, I was being sick every 15 minutes. As soon as I sent the email, I stopped. And then I thought, why am I putting myself through this? This is like, this is not necessary. Yeah. And so I just stopped doing anything like that. But I hated it. I wanted to be at conferences, being the woman speaker that yeah, everybody yeah. wants to see in the world. I was whinging all the time about gammons speaking. Right. Like, why is it all male pen still people? And then people were asking me to speak. And I was like, oh, not me. I want the problem <laughs> solved, but by somebody else. Uh, you want me to speak so to you? Yeah, so that's how I got that's how I got into it. I did a course to try and get over the fear. Cool. And yeah, it was a real just an exhilarating joy to be doing it yeah. at all. So I think it did make me more fearless than other people because I wasn't doing it with any like goal in mind right, for the course, first yeah. few months. It was just to see if I could. Yeah. It's <laughs> just yeah, like yeah, testing yeah. my boundaries. So yeah, it was quite a good place to be. Yeah, nice. In which case, for your uh, from your personal perspective, you've probably come from it from a, from a perfect angle. Yeah, and it, I've got more nervous again. Like it's coming, it's coming circles. Really, I've got more nervous again now because I want it to be really good every time. And so right. I think, yeah, yeah, if yeah. anything, I'm more nervous than I was when I was probably mediocre, but I was delivering it with more confidence. So I was probably getting better results. Yeah. <laughs> like looking back at my old videos, like the writing's not great, but I was loving it. Yeah. And I think when people see you having a good time, they kind of go along Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to enjoy it because that's. Um that's that's the thing it's the the better you get the better you want to be so my aforementioned uh uh gig that i didn't do the other week um yeah completely not was actually quite good you just but... just happened to be a summer fate where people were sweet yeah absolutely yeah but... <laughs> surrounded by bric-a-brac yeah <laughs> like a modern speaker's corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but if i if i'd done that gig years ago i'd have been thrilled but because uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of, well, you know, at the where I'm at, I, I was like, nah, whatever. Wasn't happy with that. I got laughs. It was quite good. Yeah, but yeah. it's fine. But there you go. You do, you do get better. But yeah, when I did that first forty minutes, that's what I was saying. Was uh, 
because I know some people who love doing a, like a 20, a, fi- a 10, 10, 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes sometimes. I'm much better they at love a the 10 short than sets. a 5. I absolutely I'm proper long love, form. Yeah. Like my stories, the, the builds on them, they take a while, but they're worth it. Yeah. If you've got five minutes, you just don't have the luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I get so agitated on a 5. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't I hate five minutes. It's not a, It's not a real set, is it? You don't get to stretch your legs. But I, yeah, I love anything uh, above 15 minutes because you start to get to delve into yourself. And uh, yeah, it's lovely. But the, yeah, the first time I did 40 minutes was such an absolute joy. It helps that there, there were about 70 people, that, like 70 of my friends in the room. So they were all sort of really enjoying that. But um, yeah, I just got to really stretch my legs and go like, here's all the stuff I've got. And some of it's funny. And it was, yeah, it was, it was lovely. <laughs> And if you don't think it's funny, then just believe it's the link between the next funny bit. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely. joy of long form. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's my favourite tip for people who are doing public speaking. Nobody knows where the beats are. Yeah. Like nobody knows that's supposed to be the punchline unless you give it away. Absolutely. So if you just <laughs> game face it, then people just if, think it's a link. <laughs> if you say something and people are enthralled and they're listening and you get to where the punchline should have been, they still don't know that there should have been a punchline there. Until yeah, exactly. you say, oh, that was the punchline. Yeah. And then, but that's sort of the exciting thing about it. It's sort of a thrill to scrabble to try and find a punchline to dig your way out of that hole so that you're not letting them know that that wasn't the punchline. Yeah. Oh, amazing. We haven't even talked about tea. No, we haven't at ready. all. Uh, well, I mean, because you were saying, I'll just, we'll get onto tea in a second. Have you finished your other tea now? You finished two teas. I have. I've now drunk two teas. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's what I want. That's what you, that's Which what... doesn't even touch me because I'm a PR person and I live on caffeine. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, I worry what would happen if I reduced my intake because I'm not <laughs> sure if I've got a personality. I think it is just caffeine. <laughs> it's become a, a sort of shriveled husk of, uh, of excitement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a shark. I've just got to keep swimming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so a lot of the times I've been saying that I'm. We'll, I'll, I'll record these episodes again. Not again, like, I'll record another one with all the people who I've recorded with over Zoom. Not all of them, some of them dull. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that out, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've got to say, because I listened to um, your Eureka oh, um, yeah. episode recently, because I love her, and it's pretty harsh to be like, oh, pay at the Patreon so we can get better guests. Anyway, here's Eureka. I was like, oh. That is, yeah. Would you not have me on if you had budget for again? No, 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 that's not, no, no, no. Uh, no, I realize, I did realise how that sounded, but that's, like, do you know, that's, I don't even mean that, uh, like, in any sense, because the people who are asking for money, it's not the guests, it's the agents, but they are, like, yeah. the, they're the paywall. Like, I can't get to the yes. guests. If I if I knew the guests personally and said to him, "Do you want to come do my podcast?" I'd be like, "Yeah, of course." But uh, but the agents are like, uh, "Pay pay some money first, and then I'll let you know." And I'm like, "Well, I haven't got any money." Or, yeah, or tell us. <laughs> I've had to what start working this group. And you're like, "I don't know. My budget is the least you're willing to take." Yeah, and yeah, those yeah. conversations die so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but I say to him, like, I can I can send them tea. Is that payment? Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'd be happy with that payment. I've got loads of tea. Um, I, do you know what, what? What the agent would take like what twenty percent of the tea bags? Yeah, eighty bags, twenty tea bags will come out. I'll send them the five agency. tea bags. They can keep their favourite one. Yeah, it is tough because um, my podcast is three comedians, right? Okay, on each one, 
which is yeah like th- even harder three guests so, or you and two other people yeah three three guests at one time yeah. that's me i knew so, i knew that actually i watched a video clip from it the other day and that is tough <laughs> to get everybody in the right place at the right time even if they're broadly in in principle yeah like coordinating diaries yeah, is yeah, yeah. probably 90 percent of what i do if I have my time over again, would I do a three-person panel show? <laughs> I don't know. But um, we're 30 episodes in now. So we're going to have to keep going. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. I've run out of favours as well. Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. I'm just DMing people yeah. optimistically. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, I will remove this bit for the sake of save, saving his face. Uh, but when I, I did an episode with uh, Matthew Crosby, and he said at the end of that, obviously like he... Um, like co-created hypothetical and uh, and he's on the radio with Ed Gamble and I said to him like can you can you help me out like can can you help me get James uh, or or uh, Josh or Ed or just any of the, the other pappies anyway. boys as well <laughs> and but well I didn't just ask but he added at the end he was like oh, I've had such a nice time if you want help getting any guests on let me know and I was like that's so kind. Thank you so much. And then I sent him a list of people and uh, he hasn't done it. <laughs> people, yeah. You, um, it's fine. He's a busy man. You don't realise the power of a favour, though, do you, no. in terms of how hard it is to get one? Yeah. Like, even with like booking my nights where you're like, can you ask this person if they're free? And it, it's, it's easy to say yes, but then I yeah. guess it's when you're asking for favours yourself all the time, because I feel like comedy lives and dies on all these little favours and barters, like, oh, you come on mine out, I'll do yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a complicated infrastructure yeah. of... <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, but wait, he's such a lovely guy. Have you met, have you met Matthew? No, not yet. He's a lovely, lovely guy. <laughs> I've had, yeah, there's only one episode of Arcade that um, hasn't gone out because sometimes you just don't get the chemistry right with three people as well. Yeah, and, that's um, tough. Yes, and then they, they, they ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's tough because you just don't know who's going to get on or who's going to like each other or what, they, yeah. what the vibe is going to be until everybody's in and because it's a Zoom call as well, it's even it can be even harder to kind of break the back yeah. there. I mean, the joy of comedians is generally you get them all in a room and they'll have some kind of common ground, but not always. Yeah, not always. <laughs> uh, so did you start your podcast before lockdown? No, oh, okay. um, it was uh, attention-seeking efforts in the deepest, darkest <laughs> of the first lockdown. And I did it over Twitch because I was jealous of everybody else doing things on Twitch. So yeah. I started a Twitch thing, but it was a bit slow going for me. And so you have to like put the work in and build the community and do a certain amount of hours a day. And yeah. that's not really my, my vibe. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I was doing one a week, but, and it was really fun, but it wasn't really building yeah. much of an audience. It was a lot of like friends and family indulging me basically, but I liked it as a concept. And um, my friend was to Acast, so I pitched it to her. Oh, I was like, I think this could be a really good podcast. What do you think? And she said, I agree. Uh, so, <laughs> and so it began. And I had the nice. money that I saved from Edinburgh Fringe. So I invested that into getting a studio. Oh, great. And we did the first 10 episodes in a proper studio. And it was a dream. Nice. We'll never be able to afford to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it represented value, but... It was so good to just turn up yeah. and the mics were all there. And I think everyone took it more seriously than they would have because it was a proper yeah, yeah, yeah. studio. It just made it feel more professional for everybody. Yeah. So, and we got to record in person as well because it was, 
in between lockdowns so technically you were allowed as long as you were social distance and it was a workplace so we got to do the first 10 with people in real life oh, which was lovely yeah yeah very like, nice a real dream nice it, it's a really good live show as well yeah so i ran it at leicester comedy festival and got shortlisted for best oh podcast, amazing which was really exciting oh, i didn't cool. win i didn't deserve to pappy Splatcher <laughs> did but um of course yeah, I'm hoping that will be my Edinburgh Fringe show because I think I'd love to do like a few weeks of a different panel every day because all the comedians that I've ever wanted yeah. to be on the podcast will be there. <laughs> so now they've got no excuse to say no to uh, me. <laughs> what I will say for uh, doing it every day is um, that that's a lot of admin. <laughs> like it is unbelievable like, headache. I know admin. enough people who will like I could populate it every day with yeah. people that I know from the circuit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'd have a good time doing it. So I mean you could probably just sort of accept that some people will be regular guests as well. Uh, yeah. So backs. Tom Tuck is my basically my co host. He didn't know oh, at really? the time. Oh I love Tom. But um he's become I need to get him on this actually. <laughs> My anchor. You should. Yeah. He's so, he's, I can't I he's got a story for everything. Yeah, he's, and he's incredible. Because like, he's done the same category over and over again. Because I think he's been on 10 of the 30 episodes. Right. And he's done the same category over and over and over again. And he's just got a ridiculous, cool story for each one. Yeah. So it's a dream to work with him. And because he knows the game well, he kind of picks it up and runs with it if people are struggling. So yeah, yeah. I've given them a topic because it's random topics that you have to jump in on. And people look like they need thinking time. He will jump in. He's yeah. A proper pro. Oh, that's amazing. And he's got the, be- the best voice in the world. It's proper radio He really voice. has. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, him and Rich Wilson have basically been my anchors. Yeah. For whenever I've needed a guest. And I need, and you know, you need someone who's going to fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With anyone. Yeah. So Malleable like folks. I had Rich on with Robin Ince and it was such a good oh, chat. That's good. It was like <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, that's you. I'm gonna have to listen to oh, more. I've, I've I've only really seen like clips so far. I feel bad saying that, but um That's all right. Yeah. It's an it's a big undertaking. The trouble is I'm I find them really hard to edit because it's all good, but I'm also aware that 45 minutes is probably the optimum amount of time and they go over so often. Yeah. And I know that it looks like a big undertaking to listeners, but I just haven't got the heart to take out the stuff that I think is fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so... I mean, I, I had, uh, I think my longest episode, actually the longest episode was with uh, Matthew Crosby, but it was such a good conversation that like I just, I know I did cut quite a lot out, but um but yeah, I just kept it long, and I had an hour and forty minutes with Jordan Gray. But it was just, it's just an amazing conversation. So, yeah, kept the whole thing in, and people listened. And like, that's my wife's favorite episode with Jordan. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, I've got them on my list as a possible podcast guest okay. actually, because um, I decided to finish series one on thirty episodes and go into series two because I need to strip out some of the rules were convoluted for a reason because I wanted it to be different to what else was on. Right. But they haven't taken off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah I'm stripping it down that's, a bit. And that's the case with some of my bit. questions because uh, I I have some uh, team urgency questions that I'll uh, throw in at the end. But some of <laughs> them do not make sense, <laughs> and I've I've become aware of that, and uh, they they don't always work. Um, yeah. Because it's like we've got a whole mega mix of me asking the panel at the start if they've read the email that I sent them with the rules in, because ninety nine percent of the time they have not. Yeah. Classic. I always, <laughs> always read the email because uh, every now, like there'll be something that comes up and I'll be like, I know that. <laughs> I know. I've, I've read this. And, uh, but it's just been a long standing joke now. I'm like, who's read the email? Yeah. Who's got an excuse why they haven't? 
<laughs> oh, the dog ate my email. I need to put all the information in the subject line, basically. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I need an elevator pitch for it. So I'm stripping out some of the rules. And I'm going to bring in, because I was block recording them. So just doing, like, as many episodes as I could in a week to roll out. But I think yeah. I'm going to just start doing them as close to weekly as I can manage without being stressed out that I haven't got a safety net. It is hard, Which means yeah. I can do some current affairs stuff, yeah. which would be nice. So some of the categories can just be, like, your favorite news story or Colin the Caterpillar and make it a bit more, <laughs> yeah. like bring a bit more relevancy to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That sounds great. Um, so what I was going to say, uh, as I started a little while ago, we'll 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 do another episode of this because uh, I've I've enjoyed this conversation. It's been very fun indeed. Because this is this is the first time we've spoken, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been really fun, hasn't it? Yeah. I feel like we're in the pub. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is oh, this is a, a nice thing. In a fancy cafe, Mediterranean cafe, yeah. we're drinking tea. Yeah, I've met a lot of people through just well during the lockdown that I wouldn't have otherwise met uh, just by sending them messages and sort of getting away with it. And uh, <laughs> I know some of them, like to some extent, but yeah, no, it's cool. It's been really nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I do I would like to re-record these in person. And as you were saying about uh, sort of tiredness, and you you are fueled by caffeine. Abigail Shimon gave me some tea bags that are uh, they're like <laughs> not a euphemism. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, very high in caffeine and they have an energising mate, uh, which is another type Ooh. of plant. And I had it on a podcast with uh, Kieran Boyd and the, like, there was so much energy in it that it made me shake and change colour. <laughs> so, Amazing. Uh, Whereas I'm, I'm so hardcore now. Yeah. I used to drink espressos out of Sports Direct mugs on busy days. I worked out you could get nine espresso shots into a Sports Direct bucket, and I I drank them. Uh, so. That's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, I could hear colours like the <laughs> yellow sounded like a triangle sounding. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a real special time. Um, PR is a, a hard job, <laughs> and I was up at like four a.m. because it was Black Friday, and I worked for Deal Site, so it was like, oh, yeah, this has got me going. <laughs> Yeah, sell so sell so many deals. Come on, buy stuff you don't need. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't not an approach I'd necessarily recommend if um a tea bag can change the colour of your face. Yeah. What what did blue sound like? <laughs> like like slime. Like oh, like a blobby, like a glugging. Interesting. I guess maybe it's water what, based. What was uh, what, what was green then? Because I'd imagine that would be. I don't know. I can't remember what green was. I can't remember a lot of things about that day. Um, it might be related to the caffeine. Yeah, business. yeah, yeah. It might be related to the uh, the coma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll uh, I'll give you I'll give you one of those tea bags, and hopefully you will like that. Yes, I would like that. Post me one. So let's let's dive into some questions because I imagine you're nearing time that you need to run away. So what tea have you been drinking? Um, this is just a basic bitch Ceylon, unfortunately, because that's all I've got in the cupboard. I've used all my fancy bags. What is, um, what's Ceylon? Yeah, it's just a classic tea. Oh, okay. It's a classic tea flavour. It's like one up on, on builders, I right. think. That's, it, that's so if, word... if they haven't got English breakfast, that will be my second choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere that has tea. I've, I've heard I don't of Ceylon, like I think, Grey. but I don't know. It's... I don't know what it, I don't like Earl Grey, no. It's too floral. Yeah. I don't like a flowery tea. I so well, the thing is, I I, I like a, a flowery tea, but that is 
too far the other the other way. As it happens, uh, a friend of mine got me some uh, Wittard teas for uh, for Christmas, and uh, this one is uh, black tea flavoring and hibiscus. Um, and it is it's like a it's well it's just a normal black tea but it's it it tastes sort of like a cross between black tea and Earl Grey and it's it's right on the good side of it uh it's it's very I, nice I've been getting into chai recently oh okay that's my thing yeah that's I, nice. yeah the the quality is very very irregular right. on them so i've tried like four or five different versions and some of them are just really feeble flavored some of them are too sweet so i'm, I'm yeah. trying to find my my chai blend so i started by having the chai lattes which is i i my understanding is it's a bit of a bastardization of an item right yeah uh, <laughs> so there's like the local farm by me the allotment kitchen does a dirty chai latte which is chai with a shot of coffee in oh. and it's a long way from the beautiful tea that yeah, you get yeah, in yeah. Dishoom, for example. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my that's my latest thing because it's a bit sugary. Because I I was drinking about eight or nine cups of tea and coffee a day. It needed changing up. How are you alive? So, well, because what well, what would happen if I stopped? <laughs> that's the question. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was drinking a lot just to have something to do because. When you're just sat at your table, when you're going from bed to shower to table for work, those tea breaks in the office used to be my salvation. That's where I'd go and chat. That's where I'd go and sneakily try new material on people. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. People started avoiding me at the kettle because I was like, <laughs> I'd be there just loitering, not even yeah. with a tea on the go. I was like, hey, sort of pepper shaker. What's this about airplane food? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just like trying things out. So yeah, I got a reputation to be avoided, but um, yeah, it was just break of the day. I didn't realise how much I was just not doing in the office because yeah. just by virtue of being in an office, I felt they were getting their pound of flesh from me. Yeah, so I was yeah, probably yeah. only doing about three hours work a day, and the rest was just floating around, chatting, <laughs> distracting other people from work. So yeah, when you're then with nothing else but the work to do, and you've done your normal amounts. <laughs> That leaves you with a lot of time yeah, to just divvy about. So nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so is would you say Ceylon is your go-to tea, or would you choose English breakfast? That's my everyday tea. I yeah. think Ceylon. It's like it's because like it's like wines. It's my Chenin Blanc. It's my base choice. Um, <laughs> I like a Lapsang Souchong under very specific circumstances. Yeah, I've got to be in the mood for that bonfire tea, as okay. my husband calls it. But um, sometimes you just that's the kind of thing that you want. I got a Twinings tea set with like nine different boxes. Oh, so I cool. got to try all these different ones and um, they're the ones that stuck. So. Oh, lovely. Yeah, they sent me all their uh, super blends when I started a podcast. I was like, can you send me some tea? And they were like, here's all of our new stuff. Uh, and it's great. It's been really good. I've been cancelled by several people because I don't like Yorkshire tea. Okay. I think it's weak. I always have to use two bags for Yorkshire tea. Really? It just doesn't get to the colour that I want. But I understand that that is a bad that is an unpopular opinion i mean so. it's uh yeah i like yorkshire tea it's it's not my favorite my favorite is uh, a tea called smuggler's brew uh, ah yes have you had it no you tipped me off about it so i'm, uh, I'm gonna keep a lookout for it yeah, but yeah, i yeah. used to like you're, you're struggling to find tea, it which is like that I, you can't find that in shops anymore but that was my mum's home tea right yeah, this but, is uh, um, the, yeah. Uh, Smuggler's Brew is like West Country tea, so it's, uh, it's Cornish, and you you basically can't find it outside of there, but you can order it online. 
Uh, ah, right. <laughs> but if you're ever over that way, look out for it because it is delicious. Uh, what kind of strength do you like? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty of an I'm, average tea. I'm pretty medium. No, I'm, like... a, I'm on probably on the strong side of medium. I would say. I'd go for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, if it's brewed hard enough, then it's not hot enough because I like the hotness. Like the hotness brew ratio has got to be exactly right for me. Yeah. Sometimes you have to leave them too long, and then if it's not piping, I I don't want to know about it. Yeah. So I've You're... got very weird and specific views about how I like my tea. <laughs> but when people make it for me and they ask me how I like it made, I will always say made by others because I will prioritize my laziness yeah, over yeah, yeah. the perfect tea. So it's like that's food. My... <laughs> it always tastes better when someone else has made it. Exactly. Yeah. Except when you get presented with like dishwater, which just been shown the bag. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've got no time for those people. Yeah, no time. That at all. is uh, uh, screw fix. There's a couple of people who will like they'll just offer to make you tea, which is lovely. But there's a, a couple of them uh, don't regularly drink tea, and it shows. So uh, yeah, it's you yeah. know it's very kind, but uh, you sort of they they know that you like tea now, so they're like, I'll make you a tea, and if you say no, they're like, something's yeah. wrong. So. But I care about people's tea choices. So there was one job I worked in where I refused to make tea because I didn't want to make mediocre tea and the stress of it was too much for my every day. Yeah. So I just recused myself from tea rounds. I was like, don't make me a tea. I will not make one back. This yeah. is a hard line that I'm taking. I make my own tea. I don't want to have to make 10 cups. I want to make one cup. And then people rightly thought I was an absolute <laughs> arsehole, but it came from a place of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing this for you. I don't want to make you a mediocre tea. Yeah. And occasionally it was a big deal when I would make tea for somebody. I would open up the rounds <laughs> and it would be a festival. And do you know what? That was more appreciated than people who make tea every day. So there I feel like go. I'm the winner. I PR'd myself into <laughs> less work and fanfare for doing a basic nice thing for yeah. people. So I think I, I, I don't regret it. Uh, absence <laughs> makes a heart grow fonder. And, uh, exactly. People, yeah, people love your tea when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd occasionally, in, you know, get influence people into a special tea round where I'd be like, I don't make tea, but I'm going to make one for you. If I wanted to build a bridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was strategic. Yeah. The you cats got are and you say, hey, I don't want, I don't want to make everyone a tea, but what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'll do it for you, babes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once a PR person, always a PR person. No. Nice. You, you can't shake it up. It can't be washed off, even under a pressure wash. That's it. Just... I, uh, I I worked in sales and I feel it. I feel it coming on all the time. Like only a, a, yeah. a musical instrument, so it's the it's the better end of it. But uh, nevertheless, always always there <laughs> yeah. for the upsell. Yeah, it's, uh, it's part it's, of it. Yeah, it's a good skill set for comedy. Yeah, I don't think it really yeah. is. I think I've got a long way with it. Like, am I good or have I just convinced you I am? You <laughs> yeah. don't know. I don't know at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New clothes. Is she good? Is she naked? We do not know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell enough people and get them to say it back. That's the trick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, do you, uh, I, I'd sort of assume not if you're having sort of uh, nice fancy teas, but do you dunk a biscuit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when the, I've got, I've got the Biscoff biscuits as well ah. that I got for Christmas. Yeah. When I'm feeling, when I'm feeling fancy, that... I'll get my individually wrapped biscuit yeah. and I'll put it on the side of the plate. Would that but, be yeah, your go-to? as well. Not, not in Ceylon or, or any kind no. of like, complicated flavoured tea but on a classic builders yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely of 100%. what uh what what builders do you have 
Um, I tend to, like I said, I avoid Yorkshire, but I'm pretty open-minded about whatever is on the best offer that is not shit. Right. So at the moment it's um, Tetley. So I've got yeah. Tetley caffeine and they are also the best non-caffeinated choice that I've found. Are they? I've not had non-caffeinated. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I want a tea, but if it's at 10 o'clock, that is a poor choice because I don't sleep a lot anyway. Sure. So I need to do the best I can to create the circumstance where I might. I've listened to so much headspace. Um, like uh, like stories for adults yeah, yeah, yeah and i feel like it's like coloring books you feel a bit of a dickhead doing it but it really is it's uh <laughs> what you do it's like oh can you tell me a story please gk there's this one guy i love and um it, it does work yeah <laughs> so i'm really surprised by it because i did it with uh poor grace when people suggested it to me because as soon as you say oh, you're not a big sleeper or anything like that people have always got an idea for you yeah, yeah and yeah, i got yeah. used to years and years of going yes i have tried meditating yes i have tried putting my mobile phone in a different room which obviously i haven't because i'm not full no. but <laughs> but this actually worked um yeah and even if i'm not asleep i'm completely zoned out this guy's voice is so good oh lovely <laughs> sounds great yeah <laughs> but yeah as party as part of that when i started doing the headspace stuff and i was finding myself able to unwind I thought I could start looking at other things. So I did start stripping out caffeine sort of after a certain point yeah. in the evening. And yeah, it's it's a bit Pavlovian. As long as I've got a hot, like a hot liquid that looks like tea, yeah. that tastes like tea. I'm doing it with drinking as well at the moment. Oh, really? So I've started swapping in Prosecco for no Secco. And it's the ceremony of it, I think, that I like because it's kind of a reconfigure. I've, so I've it's the same with it. putting the tea bag in putting your sugar in, making the tea. It's the same Prosecco poured into, no Secco poured into a flute that's bubbly. Because yeah. a lot of the time you don't taste Prosecco, you taste carbon, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, aggressively yeah. bubbly carbon. And I've kind of managed to trick myself because I guess it's about creating, because of lockdown, it was about creating breaks in the day. Yeah. And for me, I got into cocktail hour. So to finish okay. work, because I couldn't physically leave my house and come back yeah. or do a commute or go to the pub for one after work. I got into 5.30 would come, the wine would come out and yeah, that was a lot of extra wine in yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as we're going job. back to normal, it was sort of getting, like it was starting to get earlier as well. It's like 4.30, yeah. wine o'clock. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. Start the day off. Alarm bells, alarm bells started to ring. So I yeah. thought maybe... To reassimilate with the world. What have you got on your Cheerios? Ah, yeah, I've got an issue. I should probably temper this. (laughs) This airport that I've been living in for a year, we're drinking at any point. (laughs) It's acceptable. (laughs) That's funny. But but yeah, so I've been, yeah, duping in and Tetley is the best not caffeinated tea I've found so far. Good knowledge. It it just tastes like average tea and it gives you a good colour in the mug, which is what I need. Yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, the colour is important, I find. It is. Yeah. I think it's a psychological thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've got I've got a couple of questions now that are not okay. necessarily tea related. And um, when I say not necessarily tea related, I mean in in no way tea related. What's this one that I've written? Oh no, I won't ask that. It's too it's too too convoluted. Right. I had. Oh come on! No no no. no it's, it's, it's a weird. It's it's a new one, and I've not worked out how to word it yet. Do you want me to just? I'll I'll give it a go. Uh, t- tell me anyway. Right. So tell do you know anyway. the Cadbury, uh, the Cadbury, whatever it is, like Dairy Milk advert, where the child goes into the shop and buys a chocolate bar with like a button and some lint. Do you know that advert? No. Do you not? 
Oh, so there's a there's an advert where this uh, is it new? No, it's been it's, it went off for a little while and then came back. Uh, so it's been around for a bit. But yeah, basically this child is like with his parent, her parent, its parent, and the the parents outside the shop, and the child goes in and says to the shopkeeper like, oh, "I want to want to buy a chocolate bar for my mum." And the guy looks out and sort of like grabs the chocolate bar, puts it down. And then the child puts like some buttons and some dirt and string and stuff on the uh, counter. And then he sort of looks out at the parent, like gives a sort of a loving look, like he's really kind. And then uh, sort of takes some of the stuff and then gives a button back and says, and your change. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's lovely. And then the child goes outside, gives the chocolate to the mum or dad. I think it's a mum. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. A parent. Yeah, yeah, parent. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then the parent's like, oh, thank you very much. Say thank you to the child. Now, it's it's all well and good, right? It's a nice sort of story, but that parent doesn't turn around and thank the shopkeeper because I've got a couple of questions to ask because, number one, why does that parent go let the child go into the shop by itself? Yeah, with no money. With no they money. They know that they've got no that's revenue the, that's stream. That's exactly so what it. Do they think they know doing, they've got no money. Yeah, so how do they think that that child's stolen it? And they're like, oh, thank you very much for stealing this chocolate for me. Or do they think they've given away some of their possessions? Or like what? Like the child come out with like one shoe on. Just like, hmm. Also, should, would you encourage an, um, a child to accept confectionery from an adult? Is that a thing that we're doing? Because yeah, I in, was told in place very food. strong terms when I was a kid, you do not accept free chocolate from strangers. Yeah, exactly. So, Whilst the parent is outside just sort of nonchalantly looking around. It's like that parent... Watching has, their child barter in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's like that parent has said, do you know what? That man in there, he's quite nice. Here's some old crap. Go in there. Give it to him. He'll give you some stuff. They're scamming that man. They are. Who knows how many shops they've hit that day? Yeah. That is, that's the 12th shop they've done and they keep getting more. Yeah. And, you know, the advert's like, oh, look how nice this man is. Look how much of a mug he is. He's getting getting mugged by a child. Or he's a nice man, but look how ignorant the parent is. Look how easy it is to. Because they don't care about uh, the origin of that chocolate bar. That's it. Look how easy it is to take advantage of people who are nice. That's what that advert says. Yeah. That's what it says to me as well. It's like the Pret thing where they said they give free coffee to people who are smiley and dynamic. Yeah. And that just made sociopaths go in and get the free things that people who are normally (laughs) smiley and nice, like me and I expect probably you, then start getting anxious because you don't want people to think you're being too nice because you expect yeah. a free coffee but then you're what you consider to be a right level of nice but then you don't get the free coffee and you feel pissed off yeah, yeah, like yeah. they created what such have I done a situation wrong? Like, <laughs> I get it I get it but they created such an anxious situation for me yeah. because I just didn't know what to do right I didn't want to look like I was angling for free coffee <laughs> but also I sort of felt I deserved it because I'd been consistently nice throughout yeah. my life to these people yeah I hated that I hated that whole thing yeah. and I wrote a whole article about it for Standard issue when it was a website like slagging it off then I got a free salad one day and I felt like I'd won the lottery (laughs) and I accepted it but I didn't feel morally right accepting it because I had slagged it off to whoever wanted (laughs) to listen but yeah and it was from a girl as well because I was like oh fit people will get free coffee or what about the rest of us and um, yeah it was a woman she was just like you can have that for free I was like shut up (laughs) (laughs) amazing I get this for free me (laughs) Thank you so much. <laughs> I got a uh, I got free breakfast pot in there once. That was nice. Oh, yeah. What a rush. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> what a rush but to get I'd, it right. <laughs> I didn't know they did that at the time. Like uh, I was doing some theatre work at the time and uh, I went in there with a friend of mine and it was like sort of mid-morning. We'd both been up for hours 
and we're in like sort of dirty clothes of like d- uh, like work boots and stuff and just like oh hello it's sort of being fairly nice and they were just like oh you can have this breakfast for free and I walked out going but we're like what do you mean do we have to pay for it or like what's what, what, yeah. what do you mean free like how do we pay I for don't this? want your pity breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not homeless but thank you that's I... <laughs> it is it's a challenging it's a challenging thing yeah it's such a hipster thing to do but to like incentivize ni- niceness doesn't feel good to me. No. But if it makes people nicer and they have to try harder to be nice, I guess the net benefit remains. But it just I don't feel good yeah. about fake niceness to get free stuff. <laughs> it's audacious of me as a PR person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, then I shouldn't tell you that I got loads and loads of free tea from companies that I just emailed and said, I'll talk about your tea. And they sent me loads of free tea. Oh, I'm 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 on a very hardcore campaign at the moment to get free stuff from either Snag Tights or Joni. Like I tag them in everything. <laughs> okay. People do legitimately ask me where I've got my clothes from, and I always sell them. So I just feel like give me some sugar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I keep DMing them and like, thanks for sharing your pictures. I was like, where's my free stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'll send them. A, I'll send them the clip where you're talking about how good they are, and uh... yeah, not how I want free stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe leave that bit out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll make it I think the best I can hope for is probably some kind of toilet roll sponsor oh, because no matter be what the subject matter is of the podcast, we'll go through four or five topics on average. Someone will always tell me a story about being sick or some kind of toilet abomination. It's just the <laughs> it's probably the strongest theme that runs through the court. And for a while, my husband wouldn't believe I wasn't prompting it. Amazing. I've just got the kind of face that people want to talk to me about going to the toilet. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what well, I don't know what this vibe is that I'm giving off when people want to overshare with me. Oh but yeah, I, I tell everyone about going to the toilet. Corinne Maguire was probably my favourite story ever, and she opened the story by saying, "Oh, I remember the first day of lockdown really vividly. I shit myself in public, and um, it, it's a brilliant episode because I could not stop laughing, and all you could hear in the background underneath is like people trying to talk and tell their stories, and I am just." howling yeah. with laughter like completely I, I'd lost I'd lost the run of myself well uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna save a story for you because I've got a story about how I shit myself at work and see uh, it's happening again I um <laughs> no well the thing is I'm currently looking at how I can turn it into a, a material because it's a very funny story that ends well I'm happy to help a, I'm happy a, to help a, you with that but yeah a very save amusing it way but show. I will save it yeah 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 the categories are broad enough you can always shoehorn that stuff in apparently yeah you'll be like oh bad dates like did i tell you when i shut my <laughs> it's a, it's a good every one. time it happens like it has taken 30 episodes for my husband to concede that i am not in any way prompting it it is just spontaneous <laughs> just sharing yeah i'll also <laughs> it's uh, just the vibe. I'll, I'll keep in my back pocket the story of the time that i wet myself uh just before a gig oh no yeah. yes no 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 spoilers please yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, this is a tease because no one on this, uh, no, none of my podcast listeners have heard those stories either. So, uh, brilliant. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm um, booking season two at the moment. I'll send you the date. Oh, yeah, amazing. Got. So, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm in. Uh, right. Now, so that was an amazing bit of conversation that came from me telling you about that advert. That's not what the question was going to be. The question was going to be <laughs> because when I watch that, I'm screaming at the TV. Like no, that's not how that's not how th- that things like he's being scabbed. So, what wh- what adverts <laughs> do you hate and make you scream at the TV? Um, there aren't many that I feel that passionately about. Like I said, I'm more I get more angry about like PR campaigns yeah. that I know are cynically built 
behind the scenes. So like the caterpillar thing, for example, yeah. really annoyed me because the Aldi are positioning themselves as the little man, like the corner shop to <laughs> yeah. M&S's the giant multinational little man. Aldi is a multi... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They are bigger than M&S. They're the bully. Are they really? They're the bully in this because um, basically all M&S want is them, for them to change the face on the caterpillar. Yeah, it's an exact basically, copy. Basically, because they have trademark that face it belongs to them yeah so this is actually a really boring story about who owns the trademark on a caterpillar's face that they've somehow made <sighs> m&s into this pantomime villain just like give it eyebrows or something but they they've made a whole business give out it a little of juicing products like that's the thing like you go in and you laugh at it because it's like it's definitely L'Oreal and it's a red bottle and it's got all the branding on it that looks like l'oreal but they called it chin um <laughs> they they've built a whole they built a whole business on it yeah. and they're just ripping people off left, right and centre, which is great. And it's, you know, if that's the way they want to do business, but this is a very boring case yeah. of intellectual property. And if it was a picture that somebody had drawn, like an independent artist on Twitter, you know how that goes when a big brand rips off Absolutely. a design. So say a, a print goes on ASOS that a small trader has made everybody loses their mind it's that it's just two big players that no one gives a fuck about yeah and that's the problem with it and everyone took a side and they tried to distract by going oh let's give the money to charity it's like no you're still in the wrong yeah 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 <laughs> just change the face of the caterpillar <laughs> but it's been an absolute pr tour de force it's the same with that terrible beans on oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah hateful like brands getting involved in that is it i find it i'm embarrassed for them <laughs> it's like why are you spooning beans onto glasses spec savers what are you doing like <laughs> that's the stuff that really winds me up yeah for sure nice and things that they know are going to be controversial like the prep thing like oh we're going to give out coffee to fit people like that kind of stuff i love it and i hate it at the same time yeah. because i've been part of that machine i know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I draw i do these campaigns myself i once found out the golden ratio and applied it to cars because golden ratio is about the ratio of like the perfect face and i put oh, it on okay. cars and we found that the smart car was the most beautiful car in the world based on the golden ratio and people were furious and that was fine so we didn't care what they felt about our story we just cared about them writing about our story yeah, so of course. it works that's who was it but, said that it was, uh, it was uh, andy warhol said don't pay attention to what they say just measure it in inches yeah, and it's exactly that. It's like people were dragging us to hell going, how can you say this is the most beautiful car? This is a car company. We're like, keep printing it. We love it. Keep giving us links. It helps our SEO. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done a lot of stuff like that. I did a campaign once where we rendered what we thought a mobile phone hand of the future would look like. So basically we wanted to suggest that hands were evolving for mobile phone use. We could not get an evolutionary biologist to put their name to it yeah. for no money. We, we offered a lot of money out couldn't get anybody to even agree that it was possible because it takes thousands of years for you to mutate and by that point the phones would be smaller we did it anyway <laughs> and um, yeah American American press loved it Fox News probably ran it every day for about seven days like this is what's gonna happen to your hands take your mobile phones off your children it was just we just designed it for a laugh we were like oh your finger's gonna get longer your thumb's gonna get fatter there's gonna be suckers <laughs> to hold your phone like it was complete it was hokum but absolutely, like, that's amazing. Of PR. That is incredible. <laughs> but, so that's my day job. Um, nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask one. That's a good question, though. I think you, you, you'll probably get some good answers of that. Yeah, I hope so. Glad, glad we went there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That uh, I mean, when I've re listened to this, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll restructure that question and 
and make it succinct but that was uh yeah <laughs> nice excellent answer i'm trying to thing is that was so good that i sort of want to end it there but i feel like i should ask another question okay but if it if it doesn't work out then i'll uh that it ended there yeah no one needs to talk about it <laughs> i'll edit it very well maybe i'll have a question for this i asked i asked this of Eureka because i had a really weird dream a few weeks ago <laughs> that caused me to wake up and uh, about three in the morning i googled what is the coldest that julie waters has ever been have you ever woken up from a dream and asked any like what's the weirdest question you've asked as a result of a weird dream is i think the question that i'll ask oh oh i don't know actually my dreams aren't usually that weird like they're pretty generically weird yeah. so it's like oh i'm going out with like leonardo dicaprio but it's also my colleague at the same time yeah. and i don't i don't know how to express that i have like felt differently about people on the back of dreams they're like have you because that was i was gonna Matt from busted as an example yeah. right had no interest and no sexual interest in any member of busted yeah. whatsoever they were on my radar they did some you know some little pop bangers but None of them floated my boat. I had a dream where he was my boyfriend. Yeah. And like in that way that time's elastic, like in my dream, he was my boyfriend for many, many months. Yeah. And he was just lovely. And then from that day on, I just fancied him <laughs> every time I saw him. And I had all these warm feelings about him from our time spent together, even though we spent no time together. Because like, it, but it just completely changed in my mind. We had a six month relationship. I don't know how it ended, but because we didn't get to that. But, you know, he was very considerate, lovely boyfriend. So That's now amazing. I look at him. And I, I just want the best for him all the time. But yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> treated me so well. Like I, I'd be Charlie if I had to pick one or die. I'd be Charlie. Yeah. Before that point, but now, yeah, I see him doing well. I see he's married well, and I just, I just want the best for him. Like genuinely, we had a lovely time. That is and, amazing. Um, it was beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, perfect. That's really good. I like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I, I may change that question so that it's uh, like what what dream has changed your mind or or something of that variety, because uh, <laughs> I've like or what dream stayed with you the most sort of in the like because I, I I once woke up and uh, well a couple of times my wife's woken up and has been angry with me about something that I've done in her dream. Oh yeah, which is that's, that's a very real classic that's a real yeah. thing. But I, I once woke my favorite, up. And, my favorites uh, are ones where I've got kids or I'm pregnant and I wake up and I'm not. I'm like, oh, that is a win. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> this life for all its faults is the good life <laughs> <laughs> nice oh excellent right uh well you you need to go and do some actual work and uh i for for the sake of telling you about it i need to go to the toilet okay thanks <laughs> um, you, you you know this is a safe space yeah absolutely kind of information so that's fine but yeah i'd love to come back this has been really fun yes um, absolutely yeah yeah i'll definitely um I'll, uh, well, I mean, you know, it's all coming back to sort of normal uh, sooner than we're than we're, we're thinking it is. So that's yeah, so good. I'll uh, I'll have you on probably this year. We'll see. But um, and yeah. hopefully we'll meet. I'll let you know about the gigs that are coming back. Yeah, so. that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Need to check their good first, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just hard to know what audiences will come back now. There are other offers, I guess. Yeah. Like, so it's so convenient to. Like we we did that gig for outside the box uh, the other week, and uh, that was, I would say, that was among my favourite online gigs that I've done. And it's so nice to be able to do that gig with like acts of such a high level, and then like I'm still sort of, you, you know, you don't get to hang out with them and chat with them after, 
but you no. you do get to log off and then go to bed immediately <laughs> and that's absolutely <laughs> the yeah. beauty of it <laughs> it's it's you're right though none of it feels real to me like if these had been real gigs that I'd done yeah. I would be absolutely buzzing for the rest of the week but yeah. because whatever happens whatever the gig is you just close your laptop and you're back yeah you like turn it coming off, through the wardrobe the of Narnia and you're just back in real life yeah. it, it's been really hard to to take them in the spirit that I would have yeah yeah because so, yeah. yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm hoping to yeah I'm hoping I can keep doing gigs at that level outside yeah I'm sure <laughs> but you it's hard to know yeah because yeah. there'll be a lot of comedians that haven't bothered with zoom wanting to come back wanting that space and I guess that's the it'll be interesting to see how open the circuit is yeah to people who aren't as well known yeah I yeah think. yeah but uh you know you're 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 doing well you're you're rising fast so uh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be all good. Because that's uh, that's all I was going to say earlier when I asked how long you've been going. Because uh, like yours is a name that I've seen around loads in the past sort of however many months, and uh, may- maybe it's your PR background. But you've just sort of yeah, you've you've risen above a lot of other people that have uh, have been going sort of for slightly longer probably, which is uh, which is great. It's just prepared to do yeah. anything really. They're like all the Zoom gigs. Yeah, and your podcast's doing well. So so yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's good to see. It's it's, uh, it's really good to see. So yeah, well done. Uh, sorry, that sounded really patronising. Did it? That, it? It wasn't supposed to. No, yeah. no, I get it. Yeah, it's cool. But no, I totally get it. Um, but I think I enjoy the idea that I'm showing people a different way of doing things. Absolutely. Because I was told a lot of prohibitive things by gatekeepers about how long you'll have to be going before you're considered for gigs, how much you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess like I've been trying to prove that there is an another route in yeah. beyond the there absolutely usual. is because have you gig so, have you gig much outside of london um i set up my own night in cardiff and it was one of my favorites to do because cool. the welsh comedy scene is incredible yeah, it's lovely. the I've... talent there is insane yeah. at like allegedly open mic level but they were the the most professional the slickest gigs i've done yeah, like genuinely really. the talent there is bonkers and the will to put on good gigs as well so everybody yeah is so focused on it and so collaborative. I wanted to be part of it real bad. Yeah. And that's where I'm from. So I just wanted to be in the gang. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. couldn't get into any of the Welsh gigs because it's not a closed circuit per se, but there are enough Welsh talents available. They didn't need to import yeah, anybody course, in who was yeah. doing loads of gigs in London. So I had to put my own on yeah. to bulldoze my way in. But um, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's really nice. I have, like I Robin Morgan S of Sears are doing so much to put, like South Wales on the map yeah. and it's exciting to see they're the gigs I want to do the most yeah. if I'm looking at all the sort of pro gigs and the established nights I want to get in on those yeah. similar with like Bristol like the work that Mark Oliver's doing yeah. um, is incredible yeah, yeah. and the audiences are always lovely and the progression is great and they look after each other in a way that you don't see so much in London no well that's that's very much the thing is um, the, the, the gatekeepers that exist are largely in London and very often uh, completely inconsequential to the entire comedy world. Uh, but within their own <laughs> bubble, they, they are the god, the judge, jury and uh, executioner. But yeah, and it's, it's quite funny because obviously like a lot of people who are London based or near London think that is the be all and end all for quite a long time. And as soon as you start gigging outside of London, you're like, oh, yeah. this is better. Um, yeah, quite... I'd rather do a middle five on a Cardiff or Bristol gig than yeah. a headline slot on an open mic. Absolutely, because <laughs> there's quite a few people in London who thought I'd quit comedy because they hadn't seen me in ages, and I was like, "Oh no, I've just been doing really good gigs <laughs> like elsewhere." Just doing better gigs. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> 
there are some really, really good ones and they're really inclusive. And like I said, I Absolutely, think the biggest yeah. obstacle with Wales and Bristol was proving that I was prepared to spend the money to come for an unpaid gig. Yeah. Because they don't expect you to. Yeah. And I'm lucky that the that I've I've started so late that I managed to build up this career that funds me being able to go and do those gigs yeah. and not have to worry so much about the money. It's a huge privilege. Because it's it's also difficult and, yeah. uh, to not undervalue yourself. Because when you start saying like, oh yeah, I'll travel to Manchester for uh, for no money. And they're like, you can't be that Why? good because yeah. that's not. So yeah, it's, it's difficult yeah. of having no name and going, I'm only going to come up for minimum X amount of money. And they're like, mm-hmm. but who are you? Just like, I'm, I'm good, honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the podcast has done me a huge favor yeah, in terms yeah. of reputation because it's it's allowed me to be next to names that I could have only dreamt about being next to. Yeah, yeah, and it's because yeah. I booked them. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I I've done some gigs that I've run and people are like, how do you get on that gig? And I'm like, because it's my gig. Yeah, that's how. Because <laughs> you see people sharing posts and you just assume that they're on the bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm, they're like, oh, how do you get onto this gig with these guys? It's like I I put it on. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's I, I got it myself. <laughs> It's my gig. Yeah. I booked myself. <laughs> I asked myself, and I said yes. Yeah, I was I was free that night. So <laughs> yeah. I was already there. So that's the old uh, build it and they will come, isn't it? That's uh, build it yeah. for yourself. And but that's that's sort of the model that uh, Louisa Omulan had for her own career. Is she wasn't getting booked by the sort of the, the gatekeepers, so she went, all right, fine, I'm going to write a book and release a show and absolutely smash it. And she's uh, huge now, so. Yeah, it's there are there are more ways of doing it, and I think you've got to want to do the work though. Yeah, it's the difference it's between shortcuts, which people don't really want to believe exist and don't want to buy into. Yeah. And privilege is a shortcut in its own sense. Shortcuts, but or doing the work, but doing the work in a different way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think people confuse the two. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't think there is a shortcut. This is the hardest I've ever worked for the least reward yeah. comedy. And, yeah. um <laughs> But when it pays so... off eventually, it will uh, it will be well worth it. But I, I love it. I don't regret a single minute of it. Yeah. So it's been a real life-changing thing. And when I didn't expect, because I started doing this at 35, I did not think there was another path that was so at odds yeah. with the career that I built, with the life that I built, that I was broadly happy with. I did not envision such a knee-jerk change. Yeah. I um, well, don't know what I did before now. No. <laughs> That's amazing, though. That's really cool. What, what an excellent journey to uh, to be on. <laughs> And uh, I'm sort of. I'm... It's like it's like a Marvel style origin story, though. It's almost embarrassing. It's so it's so cinematic in its thing, and like every time I tell people, it it sounds ri- as ridiculous to me as it does to other people. Like, oh, I did a course to get over a confidence problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark yeah. Watson saw me and put him on his put me on his show in the Pleasance, and now I do this. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> if it was a DC story, then uh, soon you'd be killing people or dead. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's pure Marvel. It's all Technicolor and beautiful, yeah. and the costumes are great. <laughs> Did you say uh, Mark Watson put you on? Yeah, he booked me for his twenty-six hour charity show. Oh, amazing! And he challenged me to learn stand up for right. charity. Cool. So that's how I started, and that's how wow. I got my first gig. That's how I met Tom Tuck because Tom Tuck was one of the people that course, coached yeah. me, and then he booked me for ACMS. So my first gig was paid, and it was the nicest gig I've ever done. ACMS is lovely. Um, they were so lovely, such lovely people. Yeah. And then they let me come back and do my 100th with them. Oh, great. And made a real fuss for me. So it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a series of, of unlikely events, basically. And yeah. that was all because we followed each other on Twitter. So Amazing. Oh, that's really cool. A modern day fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
and uh, right, I, I need the toilet slightly more. So a, sl- a lovely okay. place to end. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah. um, I will uh, hopefully see you again soon. Absolutely. Um, uh, so uh, have you, uh, what, what, what do you want to plug? Like you've got obviously got your podcast and your gigs. Podcast is the thing that's costing me the most money. So probably <laughs> we'd start with that. So that's probably okay. Available everywhere. We're good and bad podcasts are found because it's open source. Uh, so yeah. you can make your own decision on where I am. Also, on I, that I, I want to point out that you said earlier about how uh, I wanted money to uh, get other guests. That's not, it, it was never supposed to be that. <laughs> that is literally to help me uh, fund. I just thought I'd let you know that, so, that if you are of a self-esteem of a certain level, that that, that can help. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I, I work things badly sometimes. I... <laughs> but um, I'm doing some new material gigs, yes. which are terrifying. So I'm at Brighton Fringe on June the 3rd, doing my show, I Feel Pretty, but the R is in brackets. It's all about pettiness. Yeah. Nice. And I'm doing it again at the Cavendish. So I've got two dates at the Cavendish as well in Stockwell, which will be lovely. The one in July I'm doing with Fiona Allen, yeah. Spike the Pony Amazing. Legends, and a stand-up. Like she was new to stand-up when I started. Oh, really? She decided she wanted to give it a try because she'd never done straight stand-up before. Oh my God, her timing was perfect. She was yeah. like very early gigs. And so she was just doing like the same open mics as me with like, like yeah, some yeah, yeah. and a dog. And I'm like, this is the, this is the woman that like a trailblazer for women in comedy. Yeah, and absolutely. She's doing these gigs with me. What is going on? So, um, but yeah, she's going to come and um, do my July show with me. Amazing. So. Well done. That's great. And I've got a special guest in June, but I don't know who that guest is yet because they haven't confirmed. Oh, okay. So it's just a special guest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there will be someone else who's definitely good if you're worried that I'm not. <laughs> and a, a, another very good person to join a very good person, right? That's the. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'd like to believe. But just in case people aren't as certain of that as I am, yeah. or as I will be when I've written it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing Elf Lyons' course um, oh, next cool. week, actually. Yeah, she's. The she's How to great. Write a Solo Show. Some would say I shouldn't have marketed it and done a photo shoot for it before I had it, but um, <laughs> fuck those people. Build it and they will come. That is it's <laughs> exactly. slightly different. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll catch up and I'll tell you if that was true. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Go and have your wee. I will. Yes, I absolutely will. <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Right, and, uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, we'll speak soon. absolute joy. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. I don't know why I waved. <laughs> So that was Vix Layton. If you want to find her on social media, because I got distracted by my own need for the toilet, <laughs> so I, I didn't ask for her social links properly. So uh, if you want to follow her on Twitter, she is at PRVix, PR the letters, and then Vix as in her name, PRVix, at, at PRVix on Twitter. And if you want to find her on Instagram, it is at Vix Layton. Her name's spelled in the title, so just read that and then go and find her on Instagram. Go and find out about the gigs that she's putting on because I, I've not done them personally, but I know a lot of the people that do and they are an incredible level of comedian. And her podcast looks absolutely smashing as well. And I do need to get listening. The problem is, right, I normally listen to podcasts when I'm driving to gigs and we're in lockdown. Obviously, I've not been driving to gigs, so I've not been listening to anywhere near as many podcasts as I normally would do. So I'm looking forward to gigs coming back so that I can get listening to more podcasts and catch up on the ones that I'm still listening to that I would have finished by now had I been driving to gigs. And I'm going to start listening to new ones, including her one, because she has some incredible guests on it, and including several past guests of this podcast. And I've seen a lot of the video clips that she puts up, and it looks like a lot of fun. I've got a new website. 
So go and check that out if you can. It's all it's all brand new and all shiny and fancy. It's just sideeves.com. It's the same one as before, but it's got a brand new look. I've uh, put a lot of work into that and I'm really proud of it. So please go and have a look and let me know what you think of it. You can also see the gigs that I've got coming up on there. I've, as I mentioned during the show, I'm doing Comedy Cabin in London. I can't remember where exactly in London, but it's in London. Uh, so I'm doing that at the end of this month in a couple of weeks. Very excited for that. That's uh, one of my first gigs back in real life in a in a real venue indoors. So that's yeah, I'm 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 beyond excited for that one. And it's a lovely little gig. So pop down if you're in London or or near and want to travel and see a gig because it's going to be lovely. And I've also got some other gigs booked and Vix has as well. So go and check out what dates she's got coming up. But yeah, I'm I'm going to be booking some extra gigs for myself. I think I'm going to be looking into booking a, a work in progress or two. Not entirely certain where. If you've got a request for me to come to a certain area, then get in touch. Just teapartypod at gmail.com or get in touch through my, through my website. There's a contact page on there. Let me know where you want me to come and do a work in progress show and I'll, I'll absolutely come there and do that. Yeah, just let me know and I'll, I'll be there with belt on to peddle my comedy wares. Uh, I've got a lot of really great stories that have developed also during lockdown because uh, the, story, the, the show that I'm working on is uh, about my eye surgery, of which I had more during lockdown. So it's all, it's all developed and it's all coming to a place where there's a great story. So yeah, come and listen to that. And please, if you can, as, as I previously mentioned, support the podcast if you can and uh, send a little bit of money. There's going to be some merch available soon. I'm talking to my uh, graphic designer friend who designed all my past posters and the artwork for the podcast. Uh, he's helping me put together some merch. So there's going to be, at, at the very least, some mugs, probably like coasters and uh, stickers and you know maybe t-shirts we'll see but yeah there's, there's gonna be loads of stuff available and i'm very excited for you to all see that so that's going to be available on my website soon as well so go and check that out when that is available in the meantime thanks for listening i look forward to seeing you soon i love you goodbye <laughs>